Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everyone. I am Peter. I'm Kevin. Still, Kevin, um, we're not alone here no. today. There's something different going on, isn't there? We also sound better than usual. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that part. We don't want to set expectations too high, but no. we are not alone. There are other people in the room with us, and this is different than usual. So, first person has been on this podcast before, Pastor Will Whedon. You, you can say hi now. Hi, now! <laughs> that wasn't what I was supposed to do? Darn. No, that worked. That's oh, okay, perfect. Good. So, so if you've been listening to us, you know who Pastor Whedon is. He's been on here before. We like Pastor Whedon. There's also somebody else joining us that we like today. Matt, say hi. Hi. If that's all I have to do today, I feel like I've, feel like I've kind of landed the plane here. Let me and just shut this side in. down. We're on. All right. Perfect. You did well. That was Thanks. your line. Okay. That's as scripted as we have been for this show, and we're going to get right into it. So this is Crucial Conversations from Crucial Productions. And okay, so our tagline is teaching you Christianity so you can pass it on. That's what we do. But Matt does his own thing. Matt, tell us what, what it is that you do, because you've got some cool stuff going on. And feel free to tell us why you're in town today, too. Yeah, sure. I do a thing called the 10-Minute Bible Hour. It's mostly a YouTube channel, but occasionally I podcast with it as well. And I guess it's kind of the same idea as what you're doing. Um, some of what I do is processing through books of the Bible in short videos that I, I at least think are funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get the impression from the comments that anyone else has ever laughed at any of it. But I If have YouTube had a laugh emoji instead of just yeah. a thumbs up or yeah. thumbs down, I'm sure you'd have a few. I mean, as many times as I can hit refresh and get that. <laughs> yeah. I like my own jokes. Uh, so I do that, kind of a through the Bible teaching thing, and then uh, theology, church history, stuff like that. I, I have a series that I'm working on right now called Nuts and Bolts of the Bible, where I explain where that came from, how it happened. And try to do it in a way where you just get one uniform data set. People might disagree about what to exactly do with the Bible or its contents, but I'm just trying to get to like, hey, this is how it got here, one way or another. Sure. That's how it showed up on your lap there at church. Um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm here because I'm doing this series where I go around to churches that aren't my church and point at things like a child and ask what that means and what's going on and how does your church work. Sure. Yeah, which is fun. Which, which also means you have the... Uh honor dubious distinction of being the first non-lutheran on our podcast wow because you're you're not a lutheran right no i no, no i'm not so, i mean, i'm not anti-lutheran either i don't <laughs> feel like we're in a fight we'll see what happens after this episode right, cool. well i don't yeah, know give me a chance yeah well we'll get you there well that's actually part of what we're going to talk about today because they're we're all perceived in different ways sure by people who are not in our group I, wait i think tribe is like the cool term nowadays Kevin, can we say tribe? Tribe. <laughs> That's but what no. the cool kid. No, okay. We're not the cool kids, so we're not going to say tribe. Um, but if you're not in the group, there are perceptions that people have of you from outside that group. Sure. And we're going to talk about that today. And okay. you are going to provide us with some perspective, right? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Uh, I just put on this I, thing and you're like, sit there and then... Now look, you walk down the street, okay. you made eye contact and I said, I, let's go. That's I mean, it was passing eye contact. I quickly went back to my shoes. That's all I need. <laughs> all right, fine, man. <laughs> no, I think that I think that would be fun. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what's been cool about this whole series that I'm doing is you hear all kinds of things about other groups from people within your own group 
some of it turns out to be kind of truish. A lot of it turns out to be, oh, well, when somebody who actually thinks it says it, that makes a lot more sense. Yep. And so, yeah, I'm happy to share my ignorance <laughs> or warped perceptions at will. Well, uh, Kevin, one of the things you and I have done, we've spent quite a bit of time on with this podcast is trying to talk about things differently because we're, we're at least somewhat aware that people don't understand us and that we're weird. Quite. As, as individuals and also as Lutherans. <laughs> Yeah, it's not music exclusive. We're yeah. Weird both as individuals and as Lutherans. So it's kind of a natural move for us to have Matt come and talk to us about these perceptions because we we try and see our own blind spots. We kind of see, look in the mirror honestly at ourselves as we're talking about this, but I don't know. We're not always that good at it, are we? Yeah, I, I think um, it always helps to get out of our normal bubble and... <laughs> talk to other humans we're in a very different bubble today <laughs> will what are your thoughts on that since you're one of our guests here today too are you comfortable with this conversation am i comfortable <laughs> with the conversation i mean it's always great to be able to get an outside view right yeah um and i think matt's going to be able to provide that in a sense i mean he's inside in the sense that we're all christian brothers talking together about our faith but what thank you for making that distinction yes but on what's on the outside is he doesn't have the peculiar Lutheran baggage that we carry with us, a way of, I mean, especially in our jargon, our way of talking, um, you know, law gospel probably are not the words that come tripping off or word and sacrament or, um, you know, justification, sanctification. We've got all these little couplets that yeah, we, don't we say it like that. always put it together <laughs> that way. So it's wonderful to have somebody that doesn't, you know, fit into that way of talking, actually be able to say, hey, you know how you guys are coming across? This is how you're coming across. <laughs> uh, but can be kind of scary, though. So if we get frightened with that look on our uh, face, okay. you know. All okay. right. So I, I want to say that we've asked Matt to do this. So our listeners, you guys who are listening, you might it, it might make you uncomfortable, but that's okay. I think it's good for us to be uncomfortable as we as we talk through this because – I don't think it's healthy for us to always be in that place where we are supremely confident in everything about ourselves. Right? Right. <laughs> to always be in that place? How about for us never to be in that place Ooh. where we are su supremely confident about everything about ourselves? No. Excellent. Okay. Matt's given me a scared eye now. He's like, wait, what did I actually get into here? Yeah, I like your setup. That's a good throw that you've put together. <laughs> At the same time, I feel a, a degree of discomfort here. Like I went to school for this stuff. I did the pastor thing until very recently, for about 25 years. I've been around church. I've been around theology. I like these things. And I like paying attention to stuff that's kind of beyond my own borders. But like the way we got this thing framed now, I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just like one guy. It's just here's some stuff I've heard. Like, yeah, you guys come up from time to time, and I'm willing to tell you like how that usually sounds if you want to know. I sure. kind of tell you what I think. Yeah, okay. No, that's great. Okay, well, let, let's start here then because I think it's it's good to start – from a place where we actually have something in common. And Pastor Whedon, you you immediately described it as, we are all brothers in Christ. And I think that's a, a good place for us to start with this. Matt, I didn't prep you for this, but when we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, you had a little, look, here's the essence of the gospel. Yeah. Share that. Let's talk about that, because I think we're actually in agreement on that. And let's kind of flesh that out, and we'll start there. Well, yeah, we think we, I would think we are in agreement on that. I just made a couple of videos about this, that at the most basic, essential level, I, the call of Christ to everybody who followed him was, follow me. And what does that exactly mean? Oh, then he goes on to spell that out. The rest of the New Testament goes on to spell that out. 
where the Holy Spirit fits into that comes along and that kind of reframes things a little bit or fleshes things out a little bit more. But bottom line, we're, we're a part of the human mess. Sin is the word we use for it. Some of the some of the sin is our own dang fault because we're being idiots. Some of the sin is, well, it's nobody else's fault, but it was just us being dumb on accident. Some of it is stuff other people did to us and we didn't even invite it. And so we're just kind of victims of other people's sin. And some of what is our state of sinfulness is just the fact that, you know, we live in a world that's subject to the laws of entropy, the second law of thermodynamics. Stuff's broken here. It's breaking down. It doesn't matter how well you behave morally, you still get old and die. And so... Sin is this very multifaceted thing that starts with us, but also it's just, it's, it's all over us. It's a human problem. There's obvious, obviously no solution for the human problem. We've tried everything, mostly politics and force to fix it. <laughs> Nothing has worked. Nothing's come even close to working. And then you got this one weird thing in all of history that is the gospel. This idea that the resolution does not come through force or power or violence, or the next leader, or some sort of artistic epiphany, or whatever it might be, but that the solution comes through the originator and maker of everything that exists, stepping in and assuming the consequences of the sinfulness of existence upon himself. And, and in doing so, sin is resolved in Christ, in Christ's death and resurrection. What's wrong with us is made right, and we are in a position to be recipients of the grace of Christ. And this is transformative, not just for us as individuals right now, but for us as a community of believers, the church, capital C, and ultimately every knee bows, every tongue confesses. And so this is effective, not just for the individual or for the church, but for all of creation, which is being redeemed. Now, is that in the zip code of what you guys think? Guys, what do we think? I'm going to more facilitate today because we got... You all three awesome people. Will, you get to go first. I get to go first. I would just say amen. Um, you know, the only distinction I would put there is the, you know, that the sin mess we believe is something that actually comes to us via original sin. I mean, something inherited, something that that's there. But I mean, yeah, no, that's, and we can't do anything about it. Absolutely not. And God's answer for it was that he comes into it to assume the sin mess into himself. Yeah. He comes to become the curse on the tree of the cross for us. And that's what, absolutely changes the the course of human lives and it can change the course of uh, our listeners' lives. It will change the course of this world finally when he appears in glory. Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with you on the uh, inherited sin thing, by the way. Yeah. I would just lump that in on the faceless institutional sin. It's not really your fault that you're born with that. It's just that's one more way that sin is upon you, whether you want it or not or did anything wrong or not. Hmm. It's just part of the deal. I think of it as, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. When I, when I think of it, Adam's sin, I think of the problem that I have with Adam's sin is that I want Adam's sin. I do the same thing. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's like I participate in it every yeah. single day of my life because I want to do what I want to do when yeah. I want to do it. And I run up against this God that goes, you don't really want to go down that path. Yeah. You know, go down that path. That's just destruction. <laughs> you know, Kevin. Yeah. I, you I'm have sure. thoughts. I just enjoyed listening to it. To be totally blunt, it's—I mean, really—it's—it's so—it's so wonderful to hear a Christian brother walk in and just speak the truth, mm -hmm. and and for us to sit here and look at each other and kind of go, yeah, yep. yeah, that's yep. a good way to say that. That's, that's the kind truth. Of a fun way to say that, and you know, that's that's a nice nice way to turn that phrase, and it, it all gets us to the the most amazing message in all, literally all of eternity, that God would do this 
simply because he loves out of divine grace and mercy. And, you know, we don't deserve any of that mm-hmm. at all. And, and yet that's exactly what he does. And he delights to do it. So again, it's just, it's just such a blessing to, to sit in a room and be able to, to hear somebody speak and just simply kind of go, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and like, that's the stuff. Amen. And that's been my experience for the last 48 hours, hanging out with all of you guys, you know, here in Missouri, well, and Illinois. I mean, like, oh, this looks weird. That's just, that's just not, that's just not how we do things. I've never, never done it that way. No, we don't, we don't wear the outfits. We don't have any of the gestures. We have no gestures at my church. I mean, we, like in the parking Hands lot. But in yeah. only. Yeah. Um, it's just a completely different set of questions in talking with you guys in this room, you know, your friends who I've interacted with, totally different set of questions that are concerning you right now versus what's concerning the group that I run with. And I, I'm, I'm credentialed evangelical free, went to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, been a free church pastor for 25 years. I uh, was at a church in Lander, Wyoming until six weeks ago when well, the internet thing just finally caught up with me and there was more to do here and I couldn't do both anymore. So left on great terms, but I mean, that's, that's my tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing these videos. I go around, I've been to a Catholic cathedral in Salt Lake, an Orthodox cathedral in Denver, um, an Anglican church in Vegas, an Episcopal church in Vegas, a couple others where I didn't feel like I could publish the video because <laughs> just the way it went down. I, I, I don't want to be the guy that goes around other people's churches like, I know all the things about how the Christianity ought to be and year was not good enough. So if it, if it made me feel weird, I just didn't publish the video. Um, so I've been to a whole bunch of places. Uh, I just did one with a, a free church as well. And the thing that stands out about this one is everything else has looked foreign and also the gospel sounds a little foreign. Um, it's gospel plus some other stuff that I, I just wouldn't put in there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just wouldn't put it in there. Here, pretty much everything with the exception of how you would emphasize and characterize a couple things about baptism and communion. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what we do. That's that's what we think. Sure, great, cool. Uh, yeah, you're citing a whole bunch of the same people. Yeah, we're we're pretty Reformation-minded too. Yeah, we're familiar with all of that as well. Uh, we talk about these things, yeah. Um, but what's crazy is it just looks so dang different. What's with the outfits? I mean, you got, I mean, you got like full on pope robes and stuff, and we don't have any of those ever. And they're there beautiful. was no it's mitre. So cool. There was no mitre though. I want to. Put I that wanted out. the mitre. We, we didn't that pull that out. Today. Disappointing. He, he had the crow. I saw there was a crozier in his office. Oh no! <laughs> Man. Everybody, everybody from my world who's listening to this, by the way, because they're like, oh, I'm going to support Matt. Or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the mitre, right? <laughs> that's I the know, big, tall, pointy thing hat is, thingy that the Pope wears, right? Yeah. I think that's what that is. Yeah. No, it's just, I mean, the, the, the vestments, the pace, the tone of the service, being in and out of a service in an hour, what was that? <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it was beautiful. A 12-minute sermon. But just, to, I mean, the thing that's mind-boggling to me is to feel like, all right, I'm very familiar with all these different elements of the gospel. I wrestle with this with all my friends. This is what I think about. This is like the, the impetus of my life in terms of how I think you know, about politics and the world and history. And th- th- these are my interpretive lenses. And just that it never occurred to me to do it like what I saw yesterday at church is really fascinating to me. It's like there's this, oh, there's this other parallel culture. Like if you started reality over and gave <laughs> the exact same message, that could happen. Oh, Oh, cool. Uh, 
That seems right. Now I have the whole sci-fi alternate timeline thing going in my head. I'm like, I see. This is why I like hearing from non-Lutherans or outside. Can I just use the term outsider and we all understand this isn't like a yeah. It's not. We're trying to not. It's not a pejorative. It's just this what it is. But an outsider saying, "Dude, you guys are like an alternate timeline for Christianity." And we're in, but we're in that timeline. So we're like, no, 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 no. Our, ours is actually the timeline, right? Yeah. yeah that, no, that we're not the alternate one. You're the alternate one. What did What did you? Do? I don't have an accent. You have an accent. <laughs> yeah. No, we were both enough of a Denverites that I think we're good. Okay, we we have no accents okay, right, between right. us. Yeah. We'll be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all sounds good to me. I the the um. So you just want to you want to know what what, okay, what yeah, the word so, on the street was about you guys before I came here yes. and saw it for myself. Let's start there. Okay, uh, I have known you exist from as long as I can remember. My Wait. dad my dad's a pastor. Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Who's you? Missouri Synod Lutherans. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, Martin Luther is one of the very first historical characters I can remember learning about as a kid. My dad was an American Baptist pastor growing up, ended up in conservative Baptist. That's where he still is now. Um, So very familiar with the concept of Lutheranism. But I also remember very early on, there was some kind of, I wouldn't say ecumenical because dad didn't really do ecumenical stuff, but like a, a ministerial association thing. That's what you'd call it at, at the church that he was at. And he came home kind of frustrated. And as a kid, I always wanted to know, like, how does church work? What are you doing? I thought the government paid his salary until I was like 12. <laughs> I actually dropped that knowledge bomb in front of some people at church and got corrected. Uh, and now I'm in the free church. See how that works? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and he was like, well, you know, you know, this gal from the Lutheran church, uh, she had this opinion. They were kind of doing this thing. And, Ah, I just, we're just not on the same page. And I really wanted to pull on that string. Well, how does that work? I thought all the Christians were on the same page. And so Lutheran was the first thing I learned about that was decidedly other. Hmm. But in that conversation, and, and I would guess between ages 10 and 12 is about where this happened. In that conversation, dad laid out that, well, there's one big group of Lutherans. And this is kind of how they think about the Bible and theology and, you know, God bless them. But we, you know, we see that a little different at our church. Um, but there's another mysterious group of Lutherans that no one understands. And they... That one's going to be from, us. They're from Missouri. <laughs> and they, they, are, they say more things like, you know, they're coming at it more like we would. And I was like, okay, mental note. Not all the Lutherans are like the Lutherans that were really confusing to me. There's some other mysterious group out there. That is apparently similar. Well, Dad, do we know any of them? No. <laughs> no, no, we don't. And and so and so I've known you guys were existed for a long time, but what I heard in that first conversation where I remember Missouri Synod Lutheran coming up is the same thing that I've heard fifteen times in the last week telling colleagues, other pastors, people I know from around the internet who do what I do, uh, that I was coming to see you guys. Everyone's kind of like Huh. Well, what should I ask him, guys? Well, uh, ask him how. Just uh, how does salvation work? No <laughs> one knows, and I'm not trying to be critical in any way. No one actually knows what you guys think about salvation because it is nuanced in such a way that I mean, I'm talking the most brilliant people I've met. Names you know. Uh, <laughs> 
I've watched them fumble over trying to give a really good, clear, concise explanation of just how that works. And so, so one thing I would say, outsider perspective, is that people are pretty clear on where, where Missouri Synod Lutheran is on the historic family tree. Like, oh yeah, it's right here. Uh, Prussian Union, most people remember that happened. They know that's part of the story. They know about the immigration. That's why I didn't even ask you about it today when we were hanging out, Will, because I was like, oh, I think everybody knows that. Maybe they don't. Um, what gets confusing is, is stuff like, well, wait, how is that not transubstantiation? Like what, <laughs> you just said it's, it's, it's different, and then you went on to describe exactly transubstantiation. How's it different? And I got a better sense of that today. I'm starting to figure that out. So, so outside looking in, it, it, an outsider would have a very difficult time explaining back to you your read on communion. I don't think I don't think most people understand that. Um, I think an outsider would have a very difficult time explaining back to you your read on baptism, salvation, infant baptism. Is that initiation into the church? Is that salvific somehow? Um, I I I heard five different opinions of what you think both ways, and all of them were nice and friendly. It's it's not grouchy that people don't know. They just genuinely don't know what you think. Um, and the and the other thing that I heard from literally everybody. Oh, wait, there's more. And when I ran it by my wife, and this, I don't think any of these things are critical. I mean, these, no, these could all is... be negative reflections on me, right? No, this is I, great. Just for just not knowing, for not being thoughtful enough to go and ask before yesterday <laughs> and today. But the other thing that I heard from my wife, um, relatives of hers who are in the church, relatives of mine who are in the church, seminary friends, professors, other pastors and lay people, when I brought this up, universally, what do you think the one thing that I heard is? Oh, that's the church that doesn't. They don't. That's welcome. a great take. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're mysterious. They stand they're standoffish and they don't play well with others. Yeah, like yeah. The, they don't the play well one, with the themselves. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing they don't play. What are you saying? <laughs> the, There's no playing the, here. The one. Like the only negative thing that anyone would deign to say that I would interpret as just an out and out kind of like, well, I'm not so sure about them, was just that one thing. Like that just doesn't seem like they're interested in anything that happens beyond their borders and they have like their own set of issues that are totally different than everybody else's issues. And you just can't get into their world. That that's that's kind of the tone that I got from All right, people. So guys, let's talk about this. And Matt, as we talk through, feel free to continue asking clarifying questions. Okay. Of, yeah. Okay, what what do you mean by that? What does that mean? That wasn't quite what I was getting at. It's more along this. And as we do that, you understand that I really like you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this has been awesome <laughs> and so instructive and fun and and so much on the same page. Yeah. I'm only saying this because you asked. No. Um, I, yeah. I, I, thank you for saying Yeah, please. I, Seriously. That was awesome. Actually, I really enjoyed hearing it. <laughs> okay, cool. We're I a really little did. bit masochistic that way sometimes. Well, I... The truth is the truth, and and yeah. there's no reason to play around. I mean, we asked you to come talk to us. We meant that. And and the fact that you you care enough to, to tell us what you're actually thinking and what's going on is, that's huge. That's what we want, you know? I mean, contrary to the popular opinion that we're closed. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. But contrary to that opinion, we do actually want to talk and and learn and listen and also have a chance to explain. I mean, because mm. the the reason that we are so 
serious about the things that we are serious about is because we believe they're eternally important. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we spend our lives um, focused on things that other people might seem to think are not as important to us, you know, but we do think they're important. And so mm. it's also fun to talk about them, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what yeah. we do. We love yeah. this stuff. So um, I really appreciate you saying it. And and um, I was actually thinking when you were talking, boy, there's a lot of people I want to play this for. <laughs> I hope they hear this because um, this is good. This is very good to hear mm. and to and to work through. All right. So let's let's start with the salvation question there. Because we always start with salvation as the Lutheran Church is already finished. And I'm gonna hand Sounds it good. and I'm gonna hand it to Kevin first because Will got his got a little bit in already today. I got my part in. And yeah. we do want to uh, encourage people when that video is out to go check that out. We'll we'll definitely share yeah, it on Crucial awesome. Productions. We'll share it on our social stuff there. So Kevin, what do we think about how salvation works? Was that the question? How does salvation work? Yeah. 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 Um boy. That's a good question. <laughs> We don't know, but but if you were talk- <laughs> but if you were talking to a Baptist, you know, uh, one two three four, and I might right. not agree with the right. one two three four, but they would, would have know? something. Yeah, we we believe that salvation is really God's deal. Okay, um, that God has done it all, and the fact that He gives it to us as a gift is amazing, mm-hmm. and and that's that's worthy of praise because in the person and work of Jesus Christ, God has done everything necessary to save it's it's the incarnation the death the resurrection the ascension the second coming it's his perfect life it's his active obedience his passive obedience the whole work of christ is god's action to save sinners who don't deserve it and then when that's all finished he says here it's a free gift have it and and you don't have to earn it you don't have to do anything to get it god simply gives it to you can I ask and you a follow-up question? Please. Yes. How do you have it? God like what, gives it to you. So what? So from the God perspective, yeah. that makes a ton of sense to me. Right. Uh, it's a mystery, and God understands, and he sees things both in and out of time. He's unlimited by anything, immutable. I, I get it. It's difficult. But from the human perspective, which is where we actually live, there are things that... Who does? ...that different expressions of Christianity talk about, where they're like, no, I mean, I... It looks like bread, but it's not because a thing just happened. I'm like, that looks a ton like bread. Yeah. No, but a thing just happened, but it still tastes like bread. <laughs> uh, chemical analysis reveals that's still bread. Technically, that wafer doesn't taste like bread no, at all. No, okay. I'm not, maybe, not maybe go that far, man. Bread. They're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just throw all those down afterwards if you're allowed. But there again, I, I feel like there's... There's a, a degree... Mystical is not really the right word. Right. But there, there's some platonic... You mm-hmm. form and reality and universal mm-hmm. language that is foreign to our conversation right. as as non Missouri Synod Lutherans right. about so, salvation that that is still I can't wrap my brain around it. So so God has done all of this in Christ and it's all done. It's all accomplished and it's all freely given to humans. How does God give it to humans? Right? How does that become yours? How does that become something that, that means that you are going to heaven? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, or how like do you as know? As an individual, yeah, and that's, what does it look and like? the Bible says that that's through faith. That faith is the thing that um, grasps onto that or receives that. Yeah, that God gives that all what Christ has has done. It's given to us by faith, and that faith is given as a gift from God. 
And I read that exactly the same way. Exactly. And, and the amazing thing is that just as God was incarnate in Christ doing this action, so the giving is also done through means, through created means, like Christ had a human nature and divine nature in one person of Jesus Christ. So also that same God works through created means to deliver that faith by grace to sinners. And the most important means that he uses, and, and the essential means, is the word. He uses the word. Mm-hmm. Just the God who spoke creation into being is a God who uses the word to deliver salvation to sinners. And that word then is manifest in, in ways in our world. Um, it's manifested in preaching and teaching when we hear the message of Christ, as, as Paul says in Romans 10. Um, it's manifested, obviously, in the Holy Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, but John tells us that Christ himself is the incarnate word. So mm-hmm. so all this this deliverance of God through created means is really in the word of God, which is, first of all, Christ, but it's also all these other ways that Christ is delivered to us through the word. But then also in holy baptism, God gives us forgiveness of sins. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us faith. And again, the power in baptism is not the water. It's not the pastor. It's not the sinner. It actually is the word of God spoken, that when Jesus says, that you're baptized into Christ, right? When Paul says you're baptized into Christ, when when Jesus says in Matthew that you make disciples by baptizing, we believe that that's true, that yeah. that this this promise of God attached to this actually does what it says. It delivers the stuff that the promise says it's going to deliver. When God says through this you get this, then we believe that through that you get that. You and Will read any of the same books? <laughs> I was just thinking it's a deja vu all over again. No. You know, the only thing I would toss on to that is, you know, when Jesus introduces the discussion about rebirth in John 3, he does make that mysterious statement, mysterious, when he says, you know, the wind blows and you hear the sound of it, but who can tell where it comes from or where it's going to? And he says, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And so when Kevin said, we don't know, that's actually the honest answer about what's going on in regeneration. We're like, I mean, we know that the Holy Spirit's operative. We know it's happening through the word, but the mechanism of how this is all, that's the Spirit's work, not ours. We just, you know, we can sort of see the result. You you know the result when the person opens their mouth and confesses what God has said about it. You're like, ah, okay. Right. Back to the confessing thing. So is it, is it possible for someone to have God as his father and not the church as his mother? <laughs> Ooh. Now, th- this will probably cause a knockdown drag out between Kevin and I. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only, only if you continue yes. to be wrong. I was not prepped on this, so <laughs> no. I'm sorry for whatever's happening. No. <laughs> I didn't because I wanted this to happen. So <laughs> I'd, all right, all right. Um, I'm just asking. No, I mean, to me, it is impossible to have someone for someone to have God as their father and not to have the church as their mother because the God chooses to give us rebirth through the means of the word, which actually resides in, with, and through the church. The church is always the one that's the mediating the word to us. So, as I said, he's going to disagree. Kevin, <laughs> rebuttal. Um, the, don't, don't, don't you tell me Cyprian was wrong. I'm going to have to do something to you. <laughs> I should have said in between. A, a, a true Lutheran. <laughs> and now we know why we're closed. Um, there no, it is. No, the, the scriptures are very clear on this, is that the church is the body of Christ. Yeah. That when you're in Christ, you're in the body of Christ. And, and that's the Holy Christian Church, as we confess in the creeds. Yeah. Um, there's no difference um, 
there are lots of manifestations of the word church or the way that you mean mother or church. But but in essence, it's if you're in Christ or in the church, the, the word and the sacraments are in the church. And and the deliverance of the word and sacraments to sinners is something the church does. Right. And it doesn't that doesn't mean what some people think of institutions and buildings and, you know, robes and copes and those mitres. Kind of things. And Don't mitres. forget the mitres. But it does mean that the gospel is delivered by people who have the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, that means Christians are the ones that bring the gospel to sinners. And that's the church. Fellow sinners bring the gospel right. to fellow sinners. I yeah. mean, that's the only way in. That's that's the way mm-hmm. it goes. And that's the way God's done it from the get-go. So in in some ways, I don't really know how to answer the question other than that Christians belong to the church. That's what happens when you're brought into Christ is that you are you become part of the body of Christ. I think the way to say that is Cyprian was right. No, <laughs> no. I think the way to say it is that this is what Jesus said. <laughs> I don't know what Cyprian said or why he's a part of this. I, so well, he, he, the question I paraphrased is oh. his, his famous quote right. about the See, relationship. See, this is why I'm the facilitating the, the discussion today because <laughs> all of you are good. smarter than me, and that's awesome. Oh, I mean, we happen to know one little trivia question. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not how that works, man. But and my answer to the and my answer to my own question there would be it's a terrible question, like b- because. He'd agree with you. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. That by merit of being regenerated in Christ, you are part of the church. Whether you want to be or understand that yet or not, you just are part of the church. There's nothing you can do to help it because of the word of Christ. But don't you think there's also an aspect of this that says, no Lone Ranger Christian? Yeah, you should just go to church. Yeah, go to church. It's weird and dumb that you wouldn't. The final final thrust of what Cyprian was getting at was you're not going—this is not an alone journey. This is this is a we thing, not a me thing. It but is, it's it it, it, it the, the, he he puts you as part of a body. There's a time in seminary when I could have gone into the context of his remarks better mm-hmm. than I can recall now. But I don't know if that's what he was saying or not. I mean, he would have been well. He, he comes along far enough external. into the game that the institutional church would have been something that, because of its relationship with society, he would have felt the need to defend. Sure for reasons that go beyond the relationship between the individual and the church and they get into the relationship between the church and larger society and the state. And I don't know where he was at in his reasoning with that off the top of my head anymore. But but I know that when I butcher his quote to ask a terrible question, <laughs> I'm intrigued to ask it of you guys because of, of what of what I observe. I mean churches it's very, very important to us and it's like very, very get ready for it very important to you that was well, three it's but it, but it's not and, but it but it is but it is <laughs> so that feels like that's the and, opposites and that's the thing is that we kind of live did i mention in, you can be confusing to outsiders <laughs> we live in tension and sometimes it hurts because, because um the church is not an important essence in and of herself she is important because she is the body of Christ and and is the place where the word and sacrament are given to sinners. And, and so, we, we should throw out the big bomb and say, in, in, in the way that Lutherans would classically think about it, in and of herself, she's a filthy whore. Right. Because no, we, she will do anything for worldly hey. power, prestige, and glory, right? <laughs> but that's not, just like a, just like our sinful, just like we have... 
both the sinful nature and the new Adam, the new self that's been created by God. So that is with the church. And and so we need to be able to see and describe her the way that the New Testament mm-hmm. does, which it, it'll show you the whore in, in Revelation, but it also shows you the bride coming down from heaven out of God, uh, you know, and, and, and which one is the church? And the answer is, um, as German word, yein. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah and no. Um, so we, we, we're not trying to deny, but, but what I really don't want to deny is that inside of the institutional life of the church, that other thing subsists. It actually does subsist inside of the, the, the church herself. So, I mean, does that make any sense? You know what I'm saying? I mean, no matter how bad it can get, and this is part of what the way Lutherans looked at history. They looked at in the worst years of, of the medieval papacy, you know, they could still look at it and say, but the church of God was really there because the word which creates the church, which binds hearts to Jesus, was still active there. And the Holy Spirit was still at work giving the gift of faith and pulling people into Christ. And and I think that's, you know, there's something mysterious about this group that we are a part of as Lutherans. It's that we are a word church. I mean, it's just, it's because of the word of God that is preached and, and believed and given to sinners that the church exists. And and even if the church as an institution is entirely corrupt and, and you know, I, I myself have been at worship services where I, did, I couldn't say I'm into much, but, I, <laughs> but the, the scriptures were read yeah. and, and the word of God was proclaimed in some way, shape or form. And to that, I could say I'm in, that God was present in his word at that place. And therefore, those gathered around that word, that's the body of Christ. Yeah, I've, I've felt that discomfort trying to scrape for the thing or two that yeah. we have an agreement. I did mm-hmm. not feel that yesterday. I, was, I really genuinely appreciated being a part of the service and would like to do it sometime when I'm not trying to sneakily film things <laughs> for a video. <laughs> Come back and visit. Also, well, no, there's there's one. I, I, told I live you. in the Black Hills. There's one in Spearfish. Oh, yeah. 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 So we may just yeah. Yeah, we may just have to stop by and, and check that out. Cool. Can I add one thing on that yes. that I think ties into the whole thing is if you look at the way that the typical uh, Orthodox or Roman Catholic position is, I think this is a fair way of saying it, that for them, the church has the priority. And so the order is church and then sacraments so that the sacraments validity hang on getting the church right. You get the church wrong, then the sacraments are at least wobbly. Mm-hmm. We're not just not efficacious at all. And in Lutheranism, it really is the other way around. It's like word creates the sacraments, which create the church. So Rome isn't sure what we have for sacraments. They just, you know, they'll, they'll say, I, it, we don't know. I mean, you know, it, probably not the real body and blood of Christ, even though they want to have it, but they, they surely they, they can't, right? They don't have the apostolic succession, which we'd even dispute that depending on how you define it. But the, 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 the <laughs> and for, for, there's for, another for, podcast. For, 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 for us, we flip it around and we'd say, no, but see, we're sure that you guys have the sacrament because you use the words of Jesus that will not return to him empty. They'll give you what they promise. You can bank on the words of Jesus. You can count on them. And so we're confident in that. And that makes a different position for us, an ecumenically interesting position for us. Quite. Um, so. Well, and I was speaking with uh, you know another gentleman from your crew here, and it was interesting. We talked for about half an hour about some of these th- same things, and we were talking with somebody else and he came back over and kind of gave me the, you're confusing to me. <laughs> I know what to do with these people. I know what to do with these people. I'm not sure what to do with you. And and that is an interesting thing because 
This we're is like, what he we're is like saying half to you. you. This yeah. Is what, okay. Yeah. I mean, we we are off the Lutheran branch of the family tree. Um, we are more sympathetic to the Baptists than the Augsburg Confession is. I mean, it, it continues to jolt me every time I go back and revisit visit the Augsburg Confession. I'm like, what is the problem with is the it, adult is, baptizers, Is it the word guys? condemn? Is it the condemn? Yeah, settle yeah. down. That yep. is a little much. But here's the thing. And again, I'm going to do another one of these outside looking in things. Yes. This is not right. This is a perspective. I When I was 18, I was right about everything. Now I'm... <laughs> Now, I'm still right probably about a couple things. I just don't know Also, in your first year of seminary, you were right about a bunch of things, oh, too. Oh, right. at the year after seminary is when I was right about <laughs> yeah. the most things ever. <laughs> just just avoid me during that time. Um, let me just offend absolutely everyone who's been so gracious to listen Excellent. this far into the podcast. We Go welcome you to do so. I would posit that if the Turks are not invading, if the Ottomans aren't showing up in 1530, and the political pressures that be don't require something like Augsburg to happen and pass muster under the reign of Charles V, and we see a later Habsburg emperor, and the political situation change or evolve as it would have naturally without that external pressure, I think you guys go further. I don't think you condemn the Baptists. I don't think the sacraments end up looking quite exclusively the way they do. And I think what would be that Augsburg Confession, it'd be called something different. It would get a different year. It still had to happen. It would have happened under less duress, less pressure. And I think we would feel slightly less estranged from each other than we do. But I think that whether you're looking at the Westminster Confession, which was absolutely something that is, I think it's beautifully crafted under tremendous political duress. It's not a document that had forever to just kind of ferment and work its way out. I mean, it had to be delivered by a date to solve a crisis. And what an amazing thing they accomplished. The Augsburg Confession, it had to be delivered by a date. There was a deadline and it's beautiful. Though I might take slight exception with a couple of turns of phrases. I mean, what a wonderful statement. We condemn and reject faith. your slight and your... No. Now that, <laughs> you're getting to some of the words? That, I know, yeah. You know, I, I think, look, it, it is really easy for me as an outsider, as a historian, and that's, that's my discipline, historical theology, history of thought. It's really easy for me as an outsider to look at everybody else's thing and be like, oh, I could tell you within five years, one way or the other, of when you happened. I can just, I can tell. I, I know this is what I do. Um, but I can't do it for me. So if you want to talk about evangelical free church, the weird Scandinavian little bit Baptist, little bit of pietism, a lot of Lutheranism thing that I guess I'm a part of, well, I can't tell you what's wrong with us. I have no idea. I, I know something's wrong with us, but it's, I mean, you look at anything else and it's like, oh, oh, well, I'm sympathetic to that. This thing happened. Then that moment happened. Well, and of course you have to address it. If they don't address that thing, they don't even exist anymore. As an institution, you don't get the Catholics on board. Maybe Europe doesn't exist anymore for starters, but Lutheranism or Catholicism would have had to have gone away. And frankly, I didn't like your numbers at that point. So I, I thought working things out at Augsburg was a stroke of genius <laughs> on your part. And we're going to pause right there because we just had such a long wonderful conversation that we're going to break it up into two episodes. Right, Kevin? Yeah. And, and I know you've listened a lot, but you got to tune in for the second half. Yeah. I mean, really worth your time. We and already know how it ends. Yeah. We know how it ends. And, um, it really is a good conversation. So please join us again for the second half.
Yep. Episode 45 will be coming out next week, so make sure you come back then. Thanks a lot. Thank you.